Hello and welcome to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Capel Podcast, where you can get insights from Capel on navigating the recent trends in our business world. I'm your host, Mark Lee, and today we have with us Dennis Milner, one of our very own learning consultants here in Capel, to share with us on preparing an impactful digital presentation. Dennis, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Mark. So Dennis, today you're here to talk to us about how we can go beyond just doing digital presentations to really having impact through them. Uh, Perhaps you could begin by sounding out to us just one benefit to begin with that we can look forward to as we equip ourselves to be more proficient in our digital presentation. I would say that we get our intended message across in a manner that is impactful and memorable for all the right reasons. Mm, impactful, memorable. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to diving into the details with you here, Dennis. So let's really talk about that detail that goes into making that memorable experience uh, possible. I would think that there's a fair amount of preparation that goes into a digital presentation, just as it would be with physical presentations. So any thoughts on how we can really prepare ourselves well for these digital presentations? Yes, most definitely. Let me talk about equipment preparation and presentation preparation. Sure. So for equipment preparation and setup, I would suggest a couple of things. Firstly, ensure that you've got good connectivity. Mm -hmm. And that means having backups like using your data plan, hotspots, or even having a wired connection. You also want to invest in good quality microphones or headsets. And these, they don't necessarily need to cost a lot. It can be anywhere between $100 to $200. And there are some that cost even more than that. I would also suggest that you invest in a good set of microphone and headset as opposed to using your wired earbuds or your earpieces, you know, those that come with your mobile phones. Yes, yes. Now, they are all right if you are talking to, let's say, family, friends or among colleagues and it's just a chit-chat, it's not something very serious. This is because those earpieces, they tend to look a little bit sloppy as they are dangling down from your ears. Mm. They are flimsy. And the microphone also tends to scratch against your shirt or your blouse and that creates this scratching sound that sometimes presenters are not aware of. Mm. The sound quality is not all that great and many a times because the microphone is is dangling down below your chin and, and near your clothing and when people cannot hear you, you end up having to bring the microphone up closer to your mouth just to speak. Right. Visually, it's not the most professional looking. So if you want to make an impact, I would say invest in quality. I personally have a headset with an attached microphone so that my volume and sound projection is consistent even if I turn my head or, or move around. That's really good tips, Dennis. I think definitely sound quality is something that uh, we often overlook, right? Or because we think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going online, right? I mean, we, we have this idea of going online is I'm just going to WhatsApp call my friends. It's not quite the same level that we're going for when we're making a professional presentation. Exactly. That's about the sound, right? Yes. Uh, how, how about the lighting then? It's because the visuals also, I think we sometimes think, well, you know, it's, it's all through the computer anyways. It should be taken care of, right? Absolutely correct, Mark. So sight and sound becomes even more important and it becomes amplified when we are doing a virtual presentation. Mm. This is because you want to be heard very clearly and at the same time you need to be seen because if people don't see you, 
they will start to drift away and they will look at something else. So ensure good lighting. Mm. When I say good lighting, it could be simply sitting closer to a window just so that you get some natural lighting in. Yes. It could mean maybe having to invest in some light that you can shine on your face. Why this is important? Because sometimes on a typical day, especially if it's going to rain, it might get dark and then suddenly your room is not as bright enough. So it's very important to ensure that people can see you and that they can see your facial expressions as well. So that's why I would say for equipment preparation, both sound and lighting are two very critical components. Thanks very much for that, Dennis. I think really you're helping us understand that, you know, with a physical presentation, you'd go in there, you do things like understand your, your speaking space, things like the temperature in the room, you know, everything that makes sure it's comfortable both for you as well as the viewer. So it's just translating that principle into things like the sound and the sight for your digital setup. That's that's really great. Yes. Um, and one of the other things we hear that's sometimes a concern is because we're doing this on a digital platform now, how do I make sure that I'm able to put myself in the shoes of my participants to see what, you know, I'm showing them? You know, when people start to share screens, for example, they get all kinds of concerns like, are they able to see what I'm presenting? What exactly are they seeing? And any tips for our listeners on that point? You definitely would want to invest in having an extra monitor to project your slides and another digital device like a mobile phone or a tablet to help you see what the audience is seeing is absolutely critical. Mm. This is because you don't want to constantly have to ask your audience, can you see this? Are you seeing what I'm trying to show you? Can you see this again? It's very distracting and it sounds very unprofessional. So what you do with your extra devices, you log in as one of the participants so that you can see exactly what they are seeing. And this helps you. And you can just glance by the side of your eye just to see whether whatever slide or display that, that you're trying to show is actually coming up. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to constantly check with your audience to, to see if they are seeing what you want them to actually see. Yeah, that's, that's a great tip, right? That's something very simple is just logging in an additional device yes. to make sure that you see exactly what you're presenting. Uh, so that's a lot about the technical setup of a presentation, Dennis. Thanks for that. Now, how about the presentation preparation for, well, the presentation itself? So like face-to-face presentations, there is no excuse for not preparing. Mm. You need to prepare, but more so within a virtual format. So you need to go through your slides as a listener and a participant. This is because now people's view and focus are very different as compared to when they are just seeing you face to face. So go through your slides. And when I say go through, I mean go through what are you going to show each time? Which points do you want to highlight? Think about how you want your audience to focus. Where do you want them to focus? This might help if you use a little bit more animation than you normally would when it is a face-to-face presentation. This is because in a face-to-face presentation, let's say if you wanted somebody to focus on the top right-hand corner of the slide, you could physically move and then you can point to them and their eyes would be able to follow you, the presenter. Right. But now that it's virtual, it's harder to do that and people may not be sure as to where they should be looking at within your slide. So you could use the cursor sometimes on the platforms on your computer you've got a cursor and you can use that arrow to try and point it out it does help but it's not the clearest if you really want to be clear you want to be impactful think about what you want to say what you want to focus on and then animate those particular points so that it's a lot easier for your audience to follow you 
Because you know, Ma, in a virtual presentation, people's attention spans are even shorter. <laughs> if they get bored, if they are, if they can't focus, they don't know where to look for just a few seconds, you lose them almost entirely and they'll be distracted, they'll be looking elsewhere. So all the more, especially if it is virtual, go through your slide and think through about your flow and what is it you want them to look at at which point in time. Yeah, wonderful pointers there, Dennis. I think reminding us that we are so used as presenters to having our body language, our physical cues, being able to direct people's attention. But once you go onto a digital platform, you know, a lot of that is minimized. So to build into your slides techniques and methods that help direct the attention of the participants in a helpful way. That's right. Fantastic. That's great. I want to move our conversation now into that gap between practice and reality. So Dennis, you know, we recognize that a lot of times uh, practicing is one thing, but real deal is another. Any ideas as to how to close that gap? So the first thing I would say is that if you've never done it before, or this is your first run, or it might be a first run with different numbers. Maybe you are used to presenting with five people. Now you have to do it with like 20, 30. I would suggest do a dry run, meaning get a few colleagues, friends, family members, if you can, do a dry run on whatever platform you are going to use. Try it out so that you can try the various features that uh, you would like to explore and see how comfortable you are with them. Now, this is regardless of whatever platform you are using, okay, whether it's Zoom, WebEx, MS Teams, Skype, Blue Jeans, mm. you need to try it out the first few times. Do a dry run. Okay, thanks very much for that, Dennis. I think that's a very helpful reminder to do that dry run, get that practice in to be comfortable. I want to move on to a point that I, I heard you just mention, which is really about the platforms you use. I think there's many, many platforms. And Dennis, I'd just like to get your thoughts on, you know, what exactly is the use or the help that many of these platforms bring to a digital presenter? Well, so many of these platforms try to mimic a face-to-face presentation. They try to make it as user-friendly for the presenter and to make it as engaging for the audience as much as possible. So when you use these platforms, they help you in many ways, like the traditional sharing of a particular slide or document you want to share. So they make it very easy for you. They enable you to highlight various speakers. They help you to highlight certain points if you conduct trainings like what I do, some of them allow you to break out into rooms so that people can go and have discussions and then come back. So mm-hmm. it's really very advantageous if you use a platform that is designed for your purposes. Not all of us need all the bells and whistles that come with every platform, but a platform that is suited to your needs will definitely be useful. That's fantastic, Dennis. And I think we also want to relate it back to not just the presenter's comfort or expertise, but also the experience of the participants, right? A lot of the... Most definitely. For example, the social gathering or the group gathering that you want to facilitate there. So do you have perhaps one or two examples you might share with us where you thought, yeah, you know, digitally, this platform really facilitated some of these very uh, unique and, and memorable experiences for the participants? Sure, Mark. So one of the platforms that I use, apart from the platform that I use to present, is another platform called Padlet. Padlet is like a digital board where we can record all our activities, our sharings, you know, we can store documents and I can give various instructions on the Padlet. This is useful because, let's say we are having group breakout 
And when I conduct a training, I would want people to break out into groups just to have some discussion. But when they break out, they may not have the instructions that I gave them using the main platform. So what happens is that when they go into the breakout room, they can still go into Padlet and in Padlet, they would have the instructions there because I would have already put it there in advance. Right. Plus, they are able to key in whatever it is that they discuss onto Padlet itself. So Padlet becomes like our virtual board for the entire session and people can keep it and they can download it and they can use it as a reference even after the class. So I find something like Padlet very useful. Now, there are many other digital platforms out there, digital whiteboards out there that you can consider using. Thanks very much for that, Dennis. I think it's a lot of work sometimes for digital presenters to know how to replicate some of those in-person experiences that bring that memorable and engaging experience to participants. So it's wonderful to hear some examples of that. So we've heard really great handles from you, Dennis, on how to have meaningful impact from our preparation to the various platforms we can use. And as we wrap up our time in this session, I'd just like to ask you if there's one particular takeaway that you'd like to impart on our listeners before we close this time. I like to remind my participants, nobody goes into a presentation hoping that the presenter will be dull and boring. Nobody. Hmm. We all hope for an exciting and engaging speaker, regardless of what is the context, whether it's a business presentation, a political speech, wedding speech, training. We all go in hoping that the speaker would be engaging and that the session will be impactful. Mm, Absolutely. So we have to remember this. The audience is already on our side before we start. So all we need to do as presenters is to take the effort to prepare well, to keep our energy appropriate, and practice more so with our digital and virtual presentations. Because we all know the saying, right? Practice makes, and Mark, you would say? Perfect. Which is not what I was about to say. It's practice makes permanent. Yes. Because many people think practice makes perfect, but it's practice makes permanent. Because if you practice the wrong thing, you'll keep doing the wrong thing. Practice the right things and you will get it right. So perfect practice makes perfect. Exactly. Thank you very much for that, Dennis. And thank you to all our listeners. We hope that you benefited from this podcast on preparing an impactful digital presentation. Join us for our next episode in a few weeks' time, again with Dennis, where we go deeper on this topic through making an impact through your digital presentations. Thank you, and we look forward to having you on the next Capel Podcast. Goodbye.